feel like it's like the dictionary definition of a baseball card. <laughs> it's not like somebody busted open this chewing gum and like put the card in a top loader, right? <laughs> or like a one touch, right? This was probably like in somebody's pocket or something. Who knows where it was, right? And it made it all these uh, 90 years to end up with you. It's pretty awesome. This is Rough Cuts with Nate in Cardboard Veritas and Matthew, 1956 Tops Guy as well as everyone joining us on the Instagram live chat this evening, September 9th, 2023. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Nate? Hey, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, doing well, doing well. So what has it been? Has it been three weeks since we did the last I think that's right. Three or four. Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, me too, man. For sure. Looking forward to it. You know, we have our... um a couple of our buddies in, but Rob, sports card therapist, is in. Um, oh, cool! Which is nice and fitting for us, since you know you and I haven't done a ton of uh, content creation, but a big chunk of it that we have done has been with with our buddy Rob. So awesome to have him joining us. Yeah, he can give us some uh, pointers on what we're messing up. Exactly, <laughs> Rob. Shoot us a text or let us know in the comments when we uh, we need to pick it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. So how's your weekend been, man? Everything good so far? Yeah, everything's good so far. We're I'm in a we're kind of like remodeling one of the one of the bedrooms in our house. So as a consequence, like the room where I have all my cards is all munged up because I've got all like it's storing all the stuff from the other room that we're redoing. Right. So so I'm uh that's why I'm outside actually because my my card room is a disaster at this point. What about you? How's your week yeah. been? Yeah, it's been really good, man. Um, really good. Yeah. I had a little, uh, family get together today and then my son had a basketball game tonight, which, uh, which went well. So, um, Were yeah. you coaching it? No, I wasn't actually this one. He's, he started high school this year and this is kind of like high school preseason ball that he started doing. So I actually, I oh. got to fill in the stands for this one, which is fun too. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. You know, he's, is he still looking for that, uh, 49 satchel page? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he'd love to get one of those. He's had, um, he had within the last month or so, he's had a bunch of sales. So he's, um, he's like, and and I think Rob just, I've just heard the part beginning of it so far. But Rob did a episode recently that focused on like, are you? I can't remember how he phrased it, but card rich and cash poor, or the opposite, or like cash heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Luke is really cash heavy right now. And yeah, the card he'd love to deploy it on more than any other probably is a 49 satch. Do you know of one? No, I, I am keeping my eye out for one because I know that I know that he's looking in. I mean, um, we're going to get into it a little bit, but that was one of my, you know, when we talk about the good things that happened to the hobby recently, you know, I had kind of um, been listening to Bob Kendrick's podcast, you know, the, the black diamonds podcast and kind of went down a little bit of a, like a satchel page, like deep dive. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's when I, I, I posted the, my 49 satch that I had. Oh yeah. Look at that. So awesome. Look at that. <laughs> cute, like kick. <laughs> yeah. That, that was what I had as the image at the start. So we're, you, you know, when anytime we're, we can't have a conversation and not have satch come up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it has to be that way. I think that's the sign of like a good podcast is that it always comes back to Satchel Page. But I mean, yeah, so I went on this deep dive because, um, yeah, I was listening to one of the old Black Diamonds podcasts where they're talking about um, 
the the 49 season or the the 48 Cleveland Indians season where they where they won right that was the last time they won that was the season also right where they had Dobie and they had Satchel Page and like Satchel Page rookie season right um and the thing that was so fun about it to me was like I went then into baseball reference and I was looking at the box scores from those games right and and like you know that um the the Indians owner had basically like brought Satchel in as kind of like a gimmick kind of bring in right right but Satchel was like you know he took it seriously but he he was but he was kind of doing relief duty until like all of the um the starters got kind of exhausted right and it's cool because you can look at baseball reference and you see they played whatever like 11 games in eight days why wow. must have just been wiped out you know and that was a pitching squad that had like bob feller right had um bob lemon so hall of fame starters yeah and then um you know they're telling the story of like um the coach asking satch if he can give him seven and satch is like i'll give you nine right and then um what was so cool too is like you can also see in the box score you know just you know he pitched these two shutouts but also what was so cool was in baseball reference you could see the attendance of the game right and you could like see like average attendance for a white Sox game this year is like ten thousand. and then it's the game where you know they announced ahead of time that satchel was going to start and then that attendance jumps up to fifty five thousand, right and there's these stories of you know i'm sure there was more than that right there are people like jumping the styles there are people like trying to get into the game any way they could and like like and man i can't I couldn't really think of like a modern equivalent of that. I mean, there is like a lot of hoopla, right? When like Shohei or like Messi, right? Like comes to your town, there's like suddenly all this um, excitement. And but I feel like it must have been like tenfold that, right? Right. Um, that's a great call, man. Yeah. I, I mean, I've heard him often called like you know the Babe Ruth of the Negro Leagues, and mm-hmm. feels like that's you know kind of maybe the best analogy. You know, Babe Ruth was kind of this you know, touring phenomenon mm. at the time, you know, largely, you know, really helped push the game forward and in, in popularity. And, um, you know, it was just this massive larger than light figure. And, and those two guys kind of coexisted at the same time in these separate leagues and mm-hmm. were both just, you know, and they're really like, there's a lot of parallels between those two guys in terms of being monstrous talents and monstrous personalities, you know, magnetic personality. And um, it's rare that you combine those two things to the degree that those two guys did and to have them at the same time, man, it sure would have been fun if they could have had some matchups against each other. Oh, I know. Right. And I just, I just imagine like, you know, wanting to be like a kid in the stands and like, see, you know, see this guy who's like, you know, on paper, he's 42. He's probably more like, you know, he's somewhere between like 42 and 52, right? right? He's coming out to start. And you know that the other team wasn't like just going to let him have one over on them because he's Satchel Page, right? They're like, oh, he's this old man. You know, I want to let's let's see what he can do against us. Right. And he he comes in and he just like he just kills yeah. them. Right. He just kills it. And it's so cool to see that just like, I mean, that's one thing that's so cool about sports and even even though we don't have like these YouTube videos that we can go and like see highlights of them. Like we can still go to see these box scores, right? You can see like what happened on every play. And like, you know, the fact, the sack fact that Sachs throws a shout out, but he don't, he only strikes out like a few, you know, that's like, that's like classic, you know, like Greg Maddox, like smart pitching. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like work in the game. 
game. So yeah, he, um, both kind of yeah. right. Like as yeah. younger guy, he was the fireballer who was throwing the equivalent of like 102 or 103 today. And then after whatever, 20, 25 years of pitching, he became Greg Maddox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. I mean, and there's also like some sadness to it too, because like they, you know, the Indians go to the world series that year. And like Satch was a big part, right? He whatever went like six and one as a starter with his like earn run average of like 2.3 or whatever it was. But he didn't get the start, you know, he didn't get the start in the World Series. I think he only came in in like one relief appearance, right? right. And um, like I bet that that didn't like sit that well with him because he's like, look, I came back, I crushed it. Like, what else do you want me to do? You know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Man. So, yeah, you've hit on some of it, but um, I think we were we we're going to follow kind of a somewhat similar format to last time we talked. And we we're going to start off with like kind of like some hobby positives that we've been focusing on over the last few weeks since since we last talked. Are there yeah. any that, yeah, j- jump out for you or? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that kind of jumps out to me was I think last time we talked about like how like. You know, some of the things that, that jumped out for me as a positive were like kind of hobby community and like being able to like move cards to people that care about them without going through like an eBay or consignment process. And and this time it was it was kind of similar, but like you and I both did the thing where we kind of like started one of those like share your whatever kind of uh, uh, thing in an Instagram story, right? And the um, the one that I did was, you know, take a picture with the best cards that you have where the sum of all the grades has to be less than or equal to 10. Right. And that an authentic card counts as 0.5. Yeah. And um, it was so much fun because, you know, I think I was at least, I think there were at least 41 different like entries into that, that 10 max challenge. Yeah. Um, and, and, And they ranged all the way from somebody really did like, here's 20 cards that were all authentic. Right. Right. And and then all the way, I think to Ephus pitch, who had like one gem in 10. <laughs> right. And it was like all the way in between. I think most people had like four or five cards. I know that I had four cards. And um, yeah, it was just cool to see what people came up with. Yeah. Right. Because I love that whole concept of like, um, you know, how do you have fun with the cards that you have? And one way to do it is kind of get challenged with some kind of constraint like that, where it's kind of a desert island kind of game. You got to like, you got to choose among your cards, you know, which are the best. But now this constraint of, you know, all the grades can only add up to 10. And so it was, um, that was really fun. I felt like I got like, I had a lot of interesting conversations with different people. There were so many cool cards that people were showing off. And um, I mean, for me, and maybe I can just to, to toss some of them in here, yeah. some of the ones that I had on there. So, you know, one of my big boppers was the, this, um, this yellow roof, um, this, uh, SG or PSA 2.5 that I got um, from actually from Day Sports Cards who I saw joined recently. Oh, nice. Um, so, not a, perfect timing. Yeah, perfect timing. So this was like a biggie. And this was one of the ones that was like an automatic card for me. Like I knew it would be in the group. And the one that like was the kind of on the fence for me was, was this guy. Like I just love Willie Mays and I love this 51 Bowman so much and this card was such like a struggle for me to get right. like there was like a month long like trade that i had to go through to get this card but um 
some of the cards that I left out that were really painful were like, I really wanted to get this guy in there. Right. You know, I love that, um, that yellow Gaudi Gehrig and that's one of my favorite cards for so many reasons. So that one didn't make it right. I had to, I had to live by the rules of my, uh, you could only put, um, you know, I only had up to 10 and, and that one put me over and I was like choosing between the Gehrig and the maze. And yeah, I mean, it's just fun to have these internal conversations, right? That challenge had us all wishing that our cards were like a half or a full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is when it came in handy to have 1.5s, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, boy. Right. If that Lou had been a 2.5, then you would have had to figure out a way to get the full like 2.5, like four 2.5s would be a really nice way to do yeah. it. You know? That would be a perfect way to do it, but I just, yeah, if that Lou was a 2.5, it might have snuck in there. But Right. I mean, it was just fun to see what people came up with, you know, just cool. I love to see all the cool cars that people have and just like, you know, where does that constraint take them in this kind of right. desert island game? So yeah. that that was my like hobby positives. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Right. Yeah. And the one I had done um, in the last week or two was, was Hall of Fame pairings. And this was one of the pairings that I had put in was the autographed magic and birds um and then i had thought about doing this pair i i also did my 52 tops um jackie and and maze um those ones are are back in the safe now so i don't have them here to show but i've always really liked this pair together so you know hall of fame pairings that you were just kind of grooving on at the time or whatever and this is one that um very nearly made the cut for me, but that I very often uh, have displayed in, in my office. And, you know, they're kind of at that level of cards where I feel comfortable having them home all the time and out and stuff. So I just, I love the way those guys look together at that young point in their career. And those 51 Bowman cards, you know, so, so many of them just hit so nicely. And uh, so, yeah, that's, but yeah, doing those, you know, those challenges and pairings, I, you know, exactly what you said is right. It's just, you know, it's a really fun way for folks to, uh, to think about and enjoy their collection by, you know, putting together different combinations and trying to create images of the cards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I really like the one that you did. Um, you know, really it requires a lot of thought and there, there can be a little bit of a balancing, right? Because, um, you know, when it requires more work and more thought, you're going to get a few less people participating, yeah. you know, like the, the <laughs> ones, you know, if, if you're like, I think there was one this week or somewhere is like, show me a black card. Yeah. Your collection. And, you know, there were like 300 of them. My hall of fame pairings that I, I think, I don't know, ended up being like a hundred or 150 people did it. You know, it's pretty yeah. easy one, but you know, to do the 10 max challenge, like it took a little work, yeah. you know, and the thought, <laughs> they come up with the image but the people that did it like there's the huge payoff you know yeah. like yeah uh, i really enjoyed putting mine together and i thought a lot about it and then you know it probably took me i don't know at least a half hour or 40 minutes just to create the image once i <laughs> the card, you know because it's all like i didn't have them all here so it's like yeah. getting the image together in a way that looked good so but yeah that's that's super fun man and then getting the feedback and seeing what everybody else does it's it's a great yeah. thing yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with yours too because like I mean 
we collect vintage cards, so we obviously have like lots of Hall of Famers. But then it's kind of like which two cards kind of like go together. Right. And I kind of like cheapened out. I used like an older pairing that I had, which was the the 33, 33 uh, Swinging Ruth and the 1950 Bowman Jackie because I love that combination of cards. Right, like I have it here, and but I had the image already, so I didn't have to like do any work. Right. Like that, that I love that pairing because the cards just like, you know, both of them kind of in the swing there. It's just, a, it's just, I love the way that those cards go yeah. together. And uh, you did such a great post on those two cards together. So yeah, that's, that's great to see. Nice, man. Yeah. But it's, it is, I love these kind of, I really think that that's one of the most fun ways to like enjoy the cards you have or play these kind of games. Like, yeah. You know, try to think about cool cards that pair together that maybe aren't so obvious for some reason or another. Right. Um, and and um, I love that kind of stuff. And I mean, I kind of cheapen out because I just use like the, my scanned images to like build a collage uh, with, with um, some photo editing software. Right. Um, but I, I love that. And actually that drives some of my collecting sometimes. You know, I think about what, you know, what kind of a group picture could i take or like how does this fit in with the other cards i have largely from like a visual and historical perspective and um sometimes that drives like what i buy right it's as silly as it sounds like sometimes that has a pretty big influence on what i buy right yeah no that that makes a lot of sense man and yeah doing them you know and i i love it when other people start them you know with some creative ideas and stuff you know like yours because i i feel like each of us um you know, when, when you're really into it, you kind of want to have like, I feel like each day I want to have some kind of engagement with my collection, you know? And, yeah, and that, you know, and that's kind of like when we do one of those, whether you started or you're participating in somewhat like that's a perfect little like hit of really good creative engagement with our collection. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're on the same. Yeah. And it's so cool to see like what other people come up with right right because it really is it's kind of like a somewhat well somewhat of a creative question like you said and it's kind of cool to see like what different directions people take right and like i think you know our our good friend um july tango whiskey you know he had one of the later entries in the the 10 max challenge and he did like an all red right version with like the red cob and uh the leaf ted williams the leaf ruth and then a 52 jackie right yeah, and then and then somebody followed it up with an all Cracker Jack version. I saw that it was also yeah. red. I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Right? It's just, um, yeah. I was it was just so cool to see what everybody came up with, and right, I, I love that kind of stuff. I really liked um, Jonathan's too. Sports card and sunsets, the all fifty two tops quartet. That, uh, that was, yeah, that that was perfect and that Matthews that he 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 has is just stunning. I mean all of the examples that he has are just so awesome, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like that was like hobby highlight, right? Of the last like 3 weeks I would say is like engagement in these things and then um now we can go to the hobby, you know, hobby downsides. What were the bad things that happened and there's one pretty big one. Right. We'll talk about that briefly. Yeah. Yeah, fruit right, the whole card porn thing that's had the hobby talk in here for the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, so um, I don't 
know, I mean, I, I personally, I don't have a ton of thoughts on that situation overall. And it's, I think it's not the kind of thing that you and I tend to focus a ton on. Yeah, it's well outside of our kind of purview in the hobby, sure. Yeah, first, it's, you know, drama stuff. And second, this one was primarily centered around memorabilia, which yeah. isn't even like really what, I mean, I'm, I think you tend to be this way as well, but I'm, I'm extremely card centric. You know, a lot of people will, you know, kind of collect and do a lot of different things from, you know, tickets to photos to, I mean, for a while it was NFTs, I'm, you know, I don't know, video games and memorabilia, you know, all sorts of things. Yeah. But for me, like it's almost exclusively cards. So stuff that happens outside of cards is it already feels like a little bit remote. And then, um, but then, you know, the, the thing that then I start to see a little bit more that, um, that hits a little closer is I, I feel like there certainly is an element in the hobby of folks that just like really thrive on the drama. And it's yeah. like, anytime something like this happens, like they're all about it, right? They're all fired out. Like the, <laughs> The card stuff maybe will tend to get them a little less fired up, but if there's drop, like they're all about it, they're going to be posting for it. You're going to get like all their deep dive analysis for three or four days, all their theories. So, yeah, you know, the the folk. So that part can be a little hard to tune out when this stuff happens. Like the the sort of drama folk, and you know, then you start getting all the you got a lot of conspiracy theories in the hobby too. So all all those stuff, you know, all that stuff starts to come out. So that part sometimes can start to bum me out a little bit. If it was like just the initial thing itself, I feel like I could just move past it really quickly, but it's that mm -hmm. hashing and rehashing and the like digging in and exaggerating the drought, you know, like people start talking with the card porn stuff about, ah, uh, we need regulation and we need like self-policing and there's so much um, fraud in the hobby and all this stuff. But like, first of all, this, thing came out because of self-policing yeah, like yeah, I somebody had figured this thing out you know online and caught the guy and as far as i'm aware no one ended up getting hurt by this particular one i've heard there's other stuff like maybe he had searched an 86 fleer box and resealed it and you know maybe there's some other stuff still to come out but like it was self-policed well and um i don't think there's ever going to be formal regulation of the hobby i think we just got to continue to police ourselves when there's bad actors then prosecute you know like if something bad happens to you it's criminal fraud and it should be prosecuted under the applicable like that's the we are regulated right like mm -hmm. if, fraud, if fraud happens someone should be going to jail um so i don't know that's kind of my initial take well how about you yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like out of my depth with respect to like the specific things. And hey, uh, Joe Guy Ridings, thanks for the thanks for the, the comments on on uh, our previous uh, appearances on Rob's podcast. Um, I mean, yeah, it's definitely out of my depth. I'm not a memorabilia, memorabilia guy, and you know, I tend to like not really care about hobby drama. And I feel like, if anything, it just shows you like, you know. Number one, like there's always been in, in the collectibles market, there are oftentimes fraud, right? Because there's money. So people like look for ways to game. And I remember listening to a podcast with my wife about like um, a big thing that happened in like the wine collecting community with somebody like, you know, kind of taking bottles, refilling them and resealing them and all this kind of stuff. And like, yeah, like the FBI in general, like, I mean, they don't really care about this kind of stuff that much, right? Unless it gets to a certain value level. Right. And you know, I do think it like 
it, 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 you're right. It, it, like the whole thing came out because of the self-policing. Like there are people that are really crazy about doing photo matching and they're like, yeah, they call BS on it. Right. Which, um, which is awesome. Is, like, yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. That's great for the hobby. Like I love yeah. that. And I think the lesson there, right. Is that like, you know, if you're, if you, if you know somebody who's interested in the hobby, you know, it's kind of important for you as like a hobby veteran or someone who's been around the block a few times to kind of help them understand where some of the pitfalls are. Like, how do you get preyed upon? And like the basic concepts of like, if it's too good to be true, then it probably is. Or, you know, if you are interested in spending a good chunk of money, you know, you should probably make some friends who like, ha you know, have some veteran experience and that can guide you into um, directions that are, you know, less likely to be involved in kind of a risky or fraudulent, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, at the same time, the way they look at it is that like, yeah, it's like super hobby drama. And this person like collected so much influence basically through hobby drama, right? By anointing themselves as someone who like was a hobby watchdog. I mean, essentially, in my opinion, like a lot of pe people get like a lot of followers and a lot of like so-called like Instagram influence solely through like, like hyping up or exaggerating the drama because like we're human beings and we like to like get drawn to like dumpster fire drama for whatever reason. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, it, it's like at the end of the day, yeah, it's another like super fraudulent activity. It goes to show that, you know, you should be careful with the, your money and you should help people that are new to the hobby to understand like where some of the dangers are. But yeah. I don't see some governing body coming in. It's like the, we just have to police it ourselves and we have to do a better job of making sure that people new to the hobby like understand where the central risks yeah. are. Yeah. Well said, man. Yeah. And, you know, and when this stuff happens, like just, you know, and you alluded to it as well, but just keeping perspective, you know, it's like yeah. the sky's not falling, right? Like not everybody's a fraud, you know, like, like you said, this, anywhere there's money, this stuff is going to happen. It's not, yeah. you know, and things so egocentrically that it's only us and it's only our hobby. And, you know, like it's just bad people, like where there's money, like there's going to yeah. be some of this stuff and, yeah. and it happens, but at the same time, like, I mean, in the last four years since I've been like kind of fully back into the hobby, um, I've done thousands of transactions like mm -hmm. in, in remote with friends over social media, eBay, auction houses, shows everywhere. I haven't had a single bad transaction. I haven't had a single bad interaction. You know, mm -hmm. like the hobby is not full of bad people. There, There is a bad egg and a bad actor here and there, just like there is anywhere and every hobby and every profession and probably every family you know, like, yeah. you know some some you know mm -hmm. some op folks exist everywhere but you know i just i can't believe that it's i can't believe i'm that lucky that i've just done thousands of transactions and never had a bad one in any like you know it's just so it's gonna happen but you know the hobby's gonna keep trucking and i don't think we should make more of it than we need to when it does happen yeah totally agree totally agree yeah so with that said let's move on to some cards man yeah so, <laughs> so i think the next thing we were going to talk about was uh modern card pickup right mm -hmm. i think so you want to show one of yours or yeah let me do it let me do it so this is a modern pickup that i that i just got recently so okay so let me talk about what this card is so this is a 2016 top hair tops heritage real one autograph of jason hayward 
So um, for those of you guys who don't know, Topps Heritage has like these autograph cards that you can get in the packs and they come in two versions. One version has a red ink and it has like numbering. And then there's a blue ink version um, that is unnumbered. And generally speaking, the red ink one is the one that everybody wants because it's serial numbered and um, that's what draws all the money. Um, what's so cool about this card is that for whatever reason, I don't think Jason Hayward signed many of these blue ones. This is only the second one I've ever seen since searching for these cards since 2016. Wow. And I saw a graded one once that I like let go. And then this one popped up on eBay for $15 last week. And I was like, mine, you know, I just, <laughs> I just grabbed it. Because right. um, I would have paid a lot more money than $15 for it because I'm a big, cub, big Cubs homer. And uh, I love collecting these, these um, um, Topps Heritage autographs um, of Cubs cards from that team. And I've been look I've seriously been looking hard. You know, I've had an eBay search on this thing for, for uh, yeah, since 2017. So we're talking like six years now. Um, that's awesome, man. And uh, I found it out. Oh, my God. It was like so much relief. And I'm sure that the person who had it was like, oh, it's like a blue wig. It's Jason Hayward. Who cares about this? But as soon as I saw it, you know, I, I was like, I cared more about getting this one in my collection than cards that are worth, you know, 10 or 100 times it. I, um, I was so so jazzed about it. <laughs> man, those are the perfect ones, right? When it's like doesn't doesn't hit the budget too hard, but you're super excited about it as if it did. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's like my street cred as like a real collector is that, you know, I'm like I get as excited about stuff like this as I do, you know, these these um these vintage beauties that we often talk about and focus on. Right. Yeah. That's the really pickup, man. That's a great story too. Yeah, I love we were happy about how it. How long did you say you've been looking for that one? Since 2017. So six years. Unbelievable. It's only the second one I've ever even seen. Wow. Yeah. Collectible Fun said the blues were always non-numbered, but apparently early years were out of about 200 or so. Yeah. I think, I think that that is true for people who signed all of their cards, but for whatever reason, I'm very confident that Jason Hayward signed because, okay, so I'm kind of a nut. I'm a little bit of a hoarder. So of his, his red ink cards, I actually have, so there's 67 that are numbered and I have, um, I have 11 of them. So I have wow. 11 of the 67. So that's how many red ones I've been able to find. And I haven't bought all of them that I've seen, but the blue one, um, and it's only the second one I've seen. So I'm super happy with it. And uh, as Maddie C says, blues, the move pops. And why also pay more just for the color. So, I mean, I'm, I buy both of them. <laughs> I mean, I like the, I like the blue one too, because obviously it's a color match for the Cubs. Um, but super happy to get that one in. Super happy. Right. <laughs> I am a hoarder. Yeah, definitely, man. I own it, man. I'll have to, I'll have to make a post one day that just has like all 11 of my reading Jason any words. I, uh, oh, our guy Publius 13 just joined troublemaker in the house. All right. Very nice. Very nice. So what about you? What was your, uh, what, what kind of vintage pick or modern pickup do you have? You want to talk yeah, about? So, you know, I, I haven't had one super recently, so I, I went with something I've, I've had it for a little bit, but it's, it's very topical. Um, more than recent and a card that I've had out and been dis displaying here on my desk for the last couple of weeks as we uh as we move toward the NFL season. It's it's one of my favorite um modern cards that I have. So it's the 
Josh Allen um, silver uh, optic. Okay. And yeah, it is uh, signed by him, you know, not, not pack cold signed, but um, aftermarket signed. Uh, so it's just, I don't know. I just feel like it's a great looking card. Like I kind of like his, um, you know, optic uh, silver anyway. And, you know, and then to have a really nice blue auto on it and it's, you know, pretty inexpensive card, I think a little under 300 bucks or something like that. But it's one, especially during football season that I, I like to have out and display. It's kind of fun to have it raw. Um, and that the, card is shiny. And Jeez, look at that. And can really enjoy it pretty well. Uh, Josh is my guy. I'm looking forward to a big bill season, you know, the NFL kicking off tomorrow. So I figured that'd be, uh, a good modern card that I've been enjoying here for these uh, these last couple weeks to show off tonight. Publius is giving you some shade. <laughs> he says, join Vintage Chat and show Josh Allen cards. <laughs> you know, we try to show that, you know, we do a little bit of modern stuff too. But... <laughs> oh, I was also going to point out the same thing Maddie C does. What I love about these, you know, you see the rated rookie logo and as somebody who, you know, grew up in the 80s, like that means something, right? That's a big deal. Yeah, really good call. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, it's always great to see those. What's your favorite uh, rated rookie? Or what's the one that you re- like think of when you first think of rated rookie? Hmm. Good question. Uh, let's see. Oh. I mean, of all the Donruss sets, probably the one that I collected the most was 86. Like, mm-hmm. I was super thick. And Kinseko was the card, but he wasn't a rated rookie, right? He, was, no, he was. I'm pretty sure he was, wasn't he? Oh, man, I don't think he was a rated rookie. I I don't think so. Oh, my, oh my God. McGriff, what? It, can, so, can someone in here verify the Kinseko? We, do I have to go get one? <laughs> yeah, somebody in the chat has to tell us if 86 Don Russ Kinseko was a rated rookie. I'm going to go grab one. I, I have, I'm going to, I'm going to see Matt DC calls out Corey Snyder. Yeah, definitely the McGriff. It's funny because when I think of 86 uh, rated rookie, I think of Canseco. That, that's who I, oh, okay, here we yeah, go. Yeah, you're, you're right. It is. Good oh, call. thank God. Okay, good. <laughs> For some reason, I didn't think it was, but yeah. Um, no, you're you're right, man. So, uh, right. But, you know, the McGriff is one that I always think of from 86, certainly. Yeah. Um, who are the big guys in '87? Um, was that that was Bonds, right? Did Bonds Bonds had an '87, right? He was. Was it a rated rookie? I don't. Was he a rated rookie? <laughs> man, I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, the one the one for me is Kinseko. I mean, I remember being like 10 years old, and um, I was at a card show. I was a big Kinseko fan because of the 4040 thing. Um, and I was at a card show and there was, you know, raw Consecos, um, that were like a hundred bucks. And I remember going up to one of the dealers and I'm, and I looked at my mom, I'm like, can you buy it for me? And she's like, that's too expensive. And I was like, can you write a check? And she just looked at me like, and I was a total idiot. <laughs> and of course, of course I didn't get the Conseco. That oh, McGuire was a rookie, rated rookie in 87. Ah, oh, yeah. There you McGu- go. And Maddie P and Maddox McGuire, Devin White. I, that's a good call. Yeah, man. Rated rookie so awesome it's so awesome yeah M- maddie had the good call i had to go grab one of these as well oh yeah there you go oh nice card dude <laughs> yeah the, but that was a sweet card too the 87 buff 
Yeah, oh, that's cool. Paul O'Neill, 86 rated rookie collectible fun set rated oh, rap. Dunstan. 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 Was Dunstan 85 or was it? Yeah, because his, his top rookie was 85. That's the number one draft pick. Card. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. I love Shawan Dunstan. Did he have a, He didn't have an 85 Don Russ, though, did he? No. The thing I don't remember. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess he was 87 Don Russ as well. Really? No. Yeah, I don't know. Man, Dun- Dunstan is such an interesting character. He was like so loved by the Cubs fans. Dun- uh, Dunstan was 85. Yeah. Oh um, but he struck out a lot, man. He just, he never took a pitch. He was, he right. was a swing away kind of guy. Oh my God. For sure. He had a cannon for an arm though at shortstop. Oh yeah, exactly. He was yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. Oh man. Dunstan. That's awesome. I love it. Raid your rookie discussion. This is what I'm here for, man. <laughs> oh, Danny Tartable, 85 and 86. He had a Raid your rookie in two seasons. That's pretty no impressive. Tartable? Wow. <laughs> He's got the Seinfeld <laughs> rep, too. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> All right. So, what do you think next? Are we moving on to uh, vintage pickup? Yeah, yeah. How- how about you? You 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 keep going. You want to do your vintage pickup? Yeah. All right. I'll do that. Yeah. So you know, picking up on our theme from from last week with hobby positives. You know, um, being able to connect the dots with uh, you know with other collectors in the hobby to get cards that we want. I I had a uh, you know really nice thing happen with that here over the last probably month or so, I guess, since uh, the national, um, you know, with Jonathan, uh, our buddy, Sports Cards and Sunsets, who introduced me there to um, to Josh, Hall of Fame Cards, who's on Instagram. Josh, then, you know, we talked a decent bit. We hung out that night. We had dinner. We did the, the 80s card break together. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I talked to Josh some more, and he... Uh, found out that I was looking for a, a certain card, and uh, and he had a buddy that um, that had one potentially available. So we kind of, you know, he introduced me to his buddy. We talked about it. It ended up being that his his friend and his friend's name is Randy. He's uh, Rocket Slab Cards on Instagram as well. He ended up not wanting to to move the card at the time, but ultimately decided a few weeks later to to reach back out to me and he was ready to move the card so we ended up negotiating a deal and i got this one um and, and just oh, uh and look at that yeah so that's uh pretty exciting one for me it completes the the babe um gaudi quartet um man. that i've been working on here for the last few years look at yeah. the color on that yeah that that was the thing that really sold me on it, man. The color is is pretty f- phenomenal. The, you know, the left right is a little bit off. There's a little bit of a mark here at the bottom, mm-hmm. um, and you can see a little bit of creasing on the back as well. You know, from from the right angles, it's just not like it. super apparent. But there there are a couple. Creases. Oh man, that's but, a nice card. Yeah, it's a two. You know, something's got to make it a two, and it's. We know. So my whole quartet is in twos. There's two PSAs and two SGCs. So, um, you know, the registration on that card, too. Yeah, it's solid. It is good. Good reg, you know, good enough centering and and just great color. You know, the color was what really kind of 
set it off for me. So um, really cool that, you know, all those guys helped to make that connection for me. It's a card I've been looking for for at least, a, you know, two years trying to find the way, you know, we've been talking about it for a long time as as being at the top of my list. So, um, yeah, really, really excited to have that one in this week. Um, and that. Dude, that's such an awesome card, and congratulations on the quartet. I mean, I feel like that's um, it's a big goal for most vintage collectors is to get a copy of all four. I certainly don't have it. Would love to get it done someday, but man, that's a heck of a card for it, too. Look at that. Nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's It's been a lot of fun building it. The first one that I got was, um, was the Swinging Ruth, and it was... It was a card where, you know, when when I got it in hand and got it in my collection, it just it probably as much as any other card just felt surreal as like the first babe in my collection. It's like, man, like, you know, because getting back, it, it's one that I got fairly shortly after getting back in after, you know, many years of just kind of barely, you know, keeping a toe in the hobby after being super into it as a kid for many years. Yeah. You know, just, a you know, getting a, a babe in the collection is just so that out far outside the realm of possibility for most of us collecting as kids. And, you know, so be able to have that experience is, is pretty cool. And now to complete the quartet, I mean, I just, I don't see doing, you know, I, I don't see these cards being back in circulation again for decades. You know, they're, they're yeah. saying so. so cool. And like, so I don't have that, that exam that, um, the green one I, I do i definitely want to get it but it there's i have a special memory of it in that um it, this must have been about 2015 or so um you know at that point in time i was back in the hobby but i was really focused on the 56 top set right and my wife and i took a trip to colorado we were in boulder and i was in like a random bookstore in boulder colorado and you know, in it was one of those bookstores that, you know, it's a college town. So there's like they got posters and stuff like that, as well as books. Um, and I was like checking out the posters like in the uh, in the back area. And it's like, a, you know, it's random art posters, a bunch of random things. And then they had one poster, which was of that card mm. of the of the Green Ruth. And it made me I think like I remember thinking to myself at the time, like, man, I would love to get one of those one day. And it just made me think about how these cards, especially in these Gaudi Ruth cards are just such like big pieces of Americana, right? They're so, um, you know, they were made to like sell gum, of course. Um, but the, 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 the fact that it's Ruth, the fact that, um, you know, such gorgeous artistry on these cards that it really like, you know, it's this point that we've talked about before that like, you know, vintage cards are worth a lot of money because like time has like deemed them to be worth a lot of money. Yeah. And I feel like, um, when I see this Ruth, I always think back to that poster. I think back to, you know, this is like a part of like, like America and like, um, um, and it's, and it's art. Right. And, uh, it's a fantastic card and it's a lovely example. I really like it. Yeah, so well said, man. Yeah, there's there were no gimmicks in in putting these things out. No one was trying to make a quick buck off these cards. Yeah, they were just yeah. like again, yeah, like you know, let let's try to sell some gum and you know and do it with these you know phenomenal artistic images of guys that were like bigger than life and and such a massive part of our culture and society at that time. And yeah, yeah like you say, 
almost a hundred years later, here they are like with value and heavily collected and, and appreciated all naturally and, and in a, you know, really organic way, which is, which is a pretty cool thing. Yeah. And it's, it's also fun too, because it's not like somebody busted open this chewing gum and like put the card in a top loader, right? <laughs> or like a one touch, right? <laughs> this was probably like in somebody's pocket or something. Who knows where it was, right? And it made it all these uh, 90 years to end up with you. It's pretty awesome. Right. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. So we got a, a few comments here. I appreciate it from Maddie on the Super Eye Appeal collectible fun. Great card. Thank you. Ballin NC cards, our buddy. Hey, so, Justin. Yeah, what's up, man? Yeah. Said he wants one. Actually, he says he wants all four. Nice. <laughs> like it. So, yeah. Thanks. Oh, and David, the rated rabbi. Hi. He says uh, 2024, he's going for the Red Root, number 149. Ah, uh, nice. That is definitely um, a prey worthy of uh, worthy of the chase. Yeah, for sure. The red is right for me. The top, my favorite two aesthetically are are the red and and the swinging. Mm -hmm. I everyone ranks them a little differently, but um, how how about you? Do you have a favorite among four? I know you've got that incredible yellow. <laughs> yeah, that I mean it's tough. It's yeah. tough. I mean, I think let's see. Yeah, so yeah, let's um, switch my camera here. So yeah, so here's here's my swinging Ruth. Um, it's joint. Let me, uh, move my camera angle a little bit. So that's my swinging roof. I mean, I think my favorite one, I think is the swinging because it's the full body pose. And I feel like it's like the dictionary definition of a baseball card. <laughs> um, and, uh, I just, and you know, obviously the yellow and the red are like kind of a zoomed in version of, of that image i just love like you see ruth like on this field looks like he's at a freaking park or something um so that's my favorite and i swing back and forth between the yellow and the red but now because i have i don't have a red but i have the yellow i can conveniently say that the yellow is my favorite <laughs> but um i mean i do I do like both of them a lot. One thing that I like about the yellow is I like the contrast between the red and the big league chewing gum. Yeah. And, um, but what the yellow loses is the contrast between the yellow and the border. Right. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's like choosing between like your favorite children or something yeah. like that. But I will, for convenience sake, I will say yellow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And it's the kind of one of those hobby things too, where like, ask us today and we'll give one answer and ask us next week and we'll give a different one. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So how about you, man? What, uh, any vintage card, either new pickup or a card that's been really high in stature in your collection and appreciated lately that you want to show off? Sure. So, so I wanted to show this one off tonight. Nice. So, um, this is the card that I bought like just before the national, and I picked it up. I picked it up there. So this is a uh, the forty one play ball Dimaggio. I know this is a card that that you and I both have a lot of love for. I know a lot of people in the chat have a lot of love for this card too. Um, yeah. It's I mean the forty one season, obviously a really special season for both uh, Joe and and Ted Williams with Ted Williams hitting four hundred. Love to add that card to kind of pair with this one. Um, but with uh, Joe hitting the 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 hit streak that year but also like i love the design of this card right like i love the the color that they brought in 41 
Um, and as you, as we talk about often, right, this card is so hard to find with good registration. I remember, I think you said that you spent like the 2022 national, like looking everywhere for one yeah, and not finding it. Um, and I saw a lot of them at the, the national this year, not many or any that had good registration. And right. so this one popped up on Instagram. I had, um, I had this in a two. And that, that card um, is now in the hands of, of Maddie C with his lovely mantle and Yankees collection. Um, but I, I saw this one and I just, I just jumped on it. I really think it has very, very strong registration. I love the color. Like in my mind, there are two like really good purple cards that exist, right? This is one of them. The other one's the 52, 52 maze. And, you know, I think both you and I often think about like color when we think about cards and um, uh yeah, so this is this is my my beautiful forty one Joe DiMaggio. So really happy with this guy. Um, yeah. So what is it? David says so hard to find a low grade example where his face doesn't look like a melted candle. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like these cards, it's just it's super tough. I always and that's always where I'm looking is like my phone's not really doing a great job here. There it goes. Um, I always kind of look at his mouth and like the Yankees logo and. Um, you can see it's not perfect, right? There's a, I always see this little mark here, this one that's just off to the side of his hip. Um, yeah. But man, I, I just love this card and uh, I love Joe DiMaggio and that's my favorite, that's my favorite card of Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, and for so, too, man, I'm glad you showed that one off. And honestly, for the people looking at it here, like you, the camera is not doing it justice. I was <laughs> in hand at the National this year, right after you got it and, Oh man, it's, it's, it's an incredible example. It, it may be the nicest one I've ever seen in any grade, honestly. Uh, I, guess, I appreciate that, Nate. Thank it, you. Yeah. I mean, for guys that collect the way we do, where like, we don't, there's no real difference to us between a four and a nine, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like some soft corners who gives a shit, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like that card is perfect. Like the centering, the reg, the color, the surface, like it's just, it's so, so good. And I'm so happy you chose to, you know, to get that card in your collection when you got the opportunity. That's, uh, that's one that, uh, boy, I'll, I'll be surprised if that leaves your collection anytime. Yeah. And, uh, any yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. That card is just too good, man. That's, that's great. I love that one. And so, and, and that's another one, right. That like tears well with that, like 33 Ruth, the 50 Bowman, Jackie 41, you know, and 41 Joe. And they're all like the swinging, the swinging card. I love, I love the way those ones look and super happy to have that one in my collection for sure. Yeah. About it. Right. That, that is cool. Yeah. That right. Those swinging. Yeah. Did you say, uh, you put the 33 Gaudi Garrick in that group too, or no, because he's like, just kind of starting his swing. Yeah. And he's kind of off to the side. Like I like the, the, cause it's like dead on, you know, after they're, they're done swinging. So I, I wouldn't put it with those ones, but right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm like one, a post that I'm planning to make, cause I'm such a nerd on Instagram is, you know, one where it's kind of like, I want to make like a Yankees dynasty kind of collage where it's like, it's like Roos, Gehrig, DiMaggio mantle. Um, um, and so I'm kind of like, that's where I'm kind of choosing between, oh, which, which of the Gehrigs do I want to show? Which of the Roos do I want to show? And I only have one of the other two guys, but um, right. uh, yeah, I love, I love these classic cards and that what Joe D is one that's always been your top of my list. Yeah, for sure. I'm guessing that Joe D is going to be in that post. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, and he will definitely be there. You mentioned the TED, the 41 TED and, and pairing that, um, which I've done. And I, I, my TED example is actually probably even nicer. Like I, I like my example of the TED a little nicer than my example of the Joe. Mm -hmm. I, I really like, but the TED that I got is it really, really like, cause that's a tough card too. There's a lot of surface issues, surface issues and print marks with it. And, um, you know, it, it can be really tough to, uh, to find good examples of that one. I think looks like Matthew froze up here a little bit. Um, I think we may be in the process of losing Matthew. Let's see. Oh, okay. are you okay? You're good. All right, cool. Yeah. So I was saying, and I, you know, I really like that my example of the 41 Ted, but I think the 41 Ted, I mean, I liked it well enough that I wanted to have one in my collection, but I don't put it anywhere near on the same level as the Joe D as a card. Like the art on the Ted is a little off. Like it doesn't mm. exactly look like him, you know, like that the portrait just doesn't quite do it for me on the Ted. Mm. So like, interesting. It's, yeah. It's one of my all, like, I just, I love that DiMaggio card and, and I love my example of the Ted, like I'm really happy with, and I like the pairing, but I feel like the Ted is like, there are probably at least five, six, seven other Ted Williams cards that I like better than the 41 person. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you there. Um, I mean, the color, the color's cool. That yeah. like kind of color is pretty unusual and neat, but sorry. Yeah. I think that I agree with you that I think that they're Ted Williams has some of the best cards ever made for sure. Um, but I feel, feel like I, I love, I love the concept of that 41 season. I remember you talking about it on an IG live that Rob hosted about, you know, 1941 is a big year, right? In American history with the bombing of Pearl Harbor, um, right. but also the, the glory of that season, right. With, with both of those guys and the fact that, um, you know, Williams probably had one of the greatest seasons of all time, but he didn't win the MVP and all these right. things that I just like love. You know, I, I love the physical manifestation of the connection to that story. Yeah. So I feel like that, yeah. that head, even if it isn't one of my favorites, is, is, uh, it's, it's coming for me one day. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yep. Yep. So, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about maybe any uh, kind of strategic changes or changes in collecting or, or anything like that. Yeah. Do you do you have top of mind there yeah so there it's kind of you know i feel like with me i'm starting to really uh, i've always been focused on having like a, a collection that's not very big you know that's not very many cards mm -hmm. and i'm also you know kind of in the process in the process of buying a pretty big card which i don't have yet in hand but it's gonna it's kind of forcing me to do the thing where i'm like looking through all my cards and being okay who's get who's got to go right um and so I'm in a mode right now of, of trying to figure out what I can get rid of. Um, that's kind of, um, either redundant or maybe I'm not in love with it as much as, or, or maybe I think I can get a better copy, you know, one day in the future. So I'm probably going to be letting go of some stuff pretty soon. Um, but I'm also really starting to get a little bit interested in starting some kind of funkier, more not modern, but like eighties and nineties kind of card collection. So mm -hmm. one that I've really been going back and forth on is um doing um getting all of the like nineteen ninety one through nineteen ninety two Don Ross Elite cards. Mm -hmm. Um because like as a kid, like those cards were such a big deal, right? They have this like print run of like 
you know, 5,000 for the signed one and 10,000 for all the, the normal ones. And like, you know, that's an absurd print run to us now, but back in the nineties, right. It was almost impossible to pull one of those cards. I remember I did pull one as a kid because I bought like six boxes of like jumbo 1993 Donruss and I got Andy Van Slyke and I was so freaking pissed off. <laughs> I'm like, How did I get Andy Van Slyke? I could have gotten Frank Thomas at Kangaroo Jr. Um, but uh, the only one I have, I have two right now. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. and I have the Ryan Sandberg, the signed one from 91. And I feel like that would be a really fun set for me to pull, put together. It would just look cool yeah. like to um, like present it on Instagram and stuff. So that's the direction I'm thinking about going to try to save some money. Um, another kind of random direction I'm thinking about doing is a Black Aces collection. Mm. That might be really fun. So like Newcom and Vita Blue, because, you know, I'm listening, to, I'm like so into this Black Diamonds podcast, right? That um, listening to Fergie Jenkins and all these guys, I'm like, man, that would be a really cool kind of little mini project to take on. So yeah. those are the two, those are the kind of the things that are kind of shaping my direction currently are like those three forces. Yeah. Nice, man. That sounds really cool, right? So some real thought into... um some sub collections that you could go down that in in particular some some pretty affordable yeah. ones that can yeah keep you really engaged with the hobby kind of scratch the itch to have some mail days and some pickups but yeah. still help and a lot of great engagement with the game and and with the hobby but still preserve some budget as yeah. well yeah uh, yeah like get to nerd out a little bit but not spend too much money so that that's kind of where I am now. What what about you? Like, what are some of the directions and things that you're thinking about? Yeah. So, um, you know, really the the kind of sub things that I've been focused on lately are the, um, you know, the '80s auto collection that I talked a little bit about last time and and did you know some some posts on pretty recently that I've been enjoying quite a bit. I showed the Canseco here just to show it. Have a lot of fun with that, and then I've been um, been doing some small pickups here and there on the '61 Fleer basketball set that I'm doing as well. Um, and I'm trying to do that in mid grade, like mid grade. How, how far are you? Um, you know, I'm slow. I I'm not a natural set builder, so you know, <laughs> I hear people like, yeah, you know, like I I built the uh, 54 top set in like three months or something, you know. <laughs> hundred you know so this is like this is a 66 card set and i've been doing it for i don't know a year and a half and i'm about 40 percent of the way there. i think i have 25 of the 66 or something okay. so but you're but you're but you're going for eye appeal and you're going mid-grade so is that yeah. is that like four to six four to seven yeah five to seven that's, that's something like that yeah right mostly four to six a couple lower and a couple higher yeah yeah I like it. That's fun. But yeah. Well, don't feel too bad. I did. It took me. It took me ten years to do my fifty-six top set, which is three hundred forty. Right. Okay. So you. All right. So we're similar. That yeah. Set right. Yeah. Um. But you know, the the big thing for me that I've been, you know, a big kind of focal point is just you know budget management, and it is for all of us, right? And that that self control piece, and you know, I got that Ruth, and that was a big pickup. The the thing that's kind of happened for me is I had really saved some money pre-national to be able to make some pickups there. And I made a few, but, you know, kind of not as many as, as I could have. So I had some funds coming out of that, but then, 
in the month or so post national, you know, kind of gone on a bender a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, you know, I'm like kind of, um, chill out mode here, mm-hmm. um, probably for the next few months. And I've been every year, I, you know, I sort of make a budget on, you know, kind of what I feel like is the amount of fresh money that I can put into my collection and into the hobby and really try to stick to that. So, um, this year I've done more selling than I have in, in any of the years in the past. And so that's helped to be able to make some additional pickups because I feel like, you know, just cycle that money back in and, you know, that kind of increases that annual budget dollar for dollar. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm in a spot right now where I need to, you know, kind of for these last few months of the year, kind of chill out. I've gotten some great opportunities to pick up some cards that have been, you know, really right at the top of my list and and real like kind of, you know, big cards for my collection. So I've seized those. I've, I've pre-spent a little bit of my, mm-hmm. my fourth quarter 2023 budget. So, <laughs> And, you know, chilling and finding, finding some ways to, you know, I'm sure I'll pick, still pick up some cards, you know, in the hundred dollar range and below and, you know, a little, a little bit here and there, but, um, just trying to really exercise some, uh, some good restraint and, and at the same time, you know, do some planning and some of this, you know, some of the stuff we were talking about in terms of ways to really focus on enjoying what we have, you know, and, um, and, you know, it doesn't as we talk about frequently, it doesn't always have to be about the spend and what's next, but, you know, a lot of us who, you know, have been doing it for at least a while have a tremendous, you know, collection of cards that we have to be able to enjoy, you know, to, we, we focus, it's so easy to focus on like what you need next and the acquisition piece, but continuing to really kind of try to be, uh, um, you know, pretty disciplined about, making sure that you're really spending that proper time with, you know, with the collection that you have and thinking about it in different ways and appreciating it in different ways. So that, you know, so it's kind of an opportunity in that regard, yeah. I think, because well, you can almost get distracted by the constant acquisition and even sales and stuff. And I've had, you know, I've had some good sales, which has been helpful too, but, um, you know, just stepping back from the transactional piece a little bit and, you know, setting that fun part of the hobby aside and like, Hey, what do I have here and what does it mean to me? And what are some, some different ways I can enjoy it? Yeah. I love that. That actually makes me think of two things. So, um, this past week or maybe it was last week I, I posted on, um, and in my Instagram story, like a detailed, like list of like my intake process, like, what does it mean when I get a new card? And I was trying to, I was kind of writing that down to try to launch some conversations about like, how do you squeeze every last drop out of enjoyment of getting that new card in, right? Because it's so easy right. to just be like, okay, new card in, let's take a picture of it, put it on Instagram. Okay, next one, right? Um, and I really liked kind of nerding out on like, you know, what my whole process is and like adding it to my Excel file and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that that kind of, I, I love hearing more conversation about that. Like, you know, I love the idea of like, you know, how do I get more enjoyment out of what I already got? Right. right. Um, cause like you said, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think my collection is amazing. I mean, I, every day when I like look at my cards, I'm like, oh my God, this, <laughs> this, this, look what I've done. This is pretty cool. Right. Um, and, um, but it's, it's, it's important to people step back and remember that. And, you know, another thing that I'm doing, I kind of, um, so like last Christmas, um, right before Christmas, I made a post where I like 
took like kind of my favorite, some of my favorite vintage cards and I kind of arranged them in the form of a Christmas tree. And I, I posted that and, and like a lot of the cards that were in my Christmas tree are now gone because they were cards that I lost, you know, I traded away to get the, to get the mantle. And so like in my head, I'm kind of like rebuilding my tree a little bit, you know, and I'm thinking about like, what will my tree look like, you know, this year, like what cards will be new, what, you know, um, and I love thinking about using those kinds of things to kind of like motivate the directions. Right. That, I'm, that I'm going in, like, I really love the idea of being able to, like, you know, step back and look at your cards and be like, you know, what, what about this defines a collection? What about this? Uh, what story is are these setup cards trying to tell? And 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 from that, what's mi- try to determine kind of what's missing? You know, what would really augment that story in in different directions? Yeah, and um and and I feel like I try to because I try to approach cards so visually that. Like that's a big part of it for me is kind of like thinking about these kind of aggregations of cards and being like, oh yeah, so TJ is online says yeah, but the 2023 will have a nice 52 mantle tree topper. Yeah, that's right. It will. It'll look awesome. But also, I didn't want it to look like the Charlie Brown tree where there's like <laughs> one really good card and everything else is missing. So <laughs> I've really been, you know, trying to like rebuild kind of that tree that like. um that makes it feel like a complete collection. And I'm trying to like give myself the patience to let me do that over time. Right. Right. Um, and not be trying to force myself to, to do something too soon. That's really easy to do in the hobby. Right. Is to kind of like feel like, oh, I really need this right now because of X, Y, and Z. And then kind of, you know, maybe you get the card that's not the card you want forever. That's, right. that's okay. Everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I love the cards you've been picking up, you know, since to, to kind of refill. I, I know at least a few of them. And from my perspective, you've been doing a great job with it. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that tree this year. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. I think it's going to be great. It won't be I, I'll, Brown tree. But yeah. <laughs> won't be Charlie Brown tree. It'll be, it'll be a nice tree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. Nice, man. Um, I, I have a quick little mail day. What do you, what do you think okay. about doing that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got time. Open it up. Yeah, sure. Right. So, so here's going to set the stage for it. All right. I, I think you're going to enjoy this one, Matthew. Let's, let me show you. I got, oh, right. I got these two here. So I got my graded and then, so I've got a, a package here from, from eBay that I'm going to open up. Um, Okay cheating i'm using scissors to try to make it a little quicker than it otherwise would be but that's a raw uh, one on the right there yeah yeah that's the, yeah that's that's the raw and that this is the one i've had this was the first one that i got um stunning quite nice card yeah it, it does have a little crease in it um so i don't know it'd probably be maybe <laughs> well modern tsa standards yeah. a one but <laughs> <laughs> my previously a three <laughs> and then my, this, go ahead yeah, yeah this one's a, a 5.5 um Dang. yeah it's pretty nice they're they're both you know pretty well centered nice looking examples of it and i know this is a card you have a lot of love for as well yeah i was actually just looking at that car with my wife and she's like that's a good looking man <laughs> i'm like he's like a movie star i think that's what bob kendrick referred like saudi women as like he looks like a movie star man yeah for sure he really is and it just it just shines through on this card so much i feel like you know we'd sit 
talked about, um, you know, you talked the art on the card and how they captured the player. And, um, you know, I just feel like this captured his essence so well uh, that it's, you know, just, I know, such such a favorite of both of us. I love and, that card. And I feel like that's, that's a collecting direction where, like, if someone's like, I don't want to spend a lot of money in vintage and I want to get a good card, I would say Monty Irvin. Yeah. The guy is in the Hall of Fame. You can get that 52 tops mail or 52 tops uh, Irvin for not that much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. This graded one was about 200 and the raw one was about 100. So, so cool. like, yeah. And just it, the, the card has always just struck me as so modern. Like it feels weird to me to look at that card and feel like, you yeah, know, recognize it's from 70 years ago because he just looks to me like, you know, that it was the Giants cap then, but it looks like he should be playing center field for the Mets tomorrow. No, I agree. That's <laughs> 71 years Love ago. Like that. All right, let's see what you got. Yeah. Yeah, so here's here's the one to so it's another one so it's you know i got to do something a little different here oh, oh snap <laughs> dude i love it yeah i love it nice thanks dude so i i got a trio of 52 monty's now that's so this one is a a 210 um but i it's a pretty sweet looking ballpoint auto that's, so figured great card nate Nice. Thanks, dude. And this, you know, so I'm, I, I know both of neither of us is like a huge vintage auto collector, but, you know, opportunistically, I will be. This card was $200. So, oh, man. I feel like to be able to get this card from 52, a card I love so much with a really nice auto for a couple hundred bucks, like, just couldn't, uh, couldn't say no to that one. So, that's an absolute steal, Nate. I love that card. That's, oh, man. Thank you. Well done. I appreciate it, man. I knew I knew it'd be a fun one to open with you, and you'd make me feel even more excited about it. So thank you for doing that. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I'm so jazzed about that. I feel like, yeah, that's the kind of card that you want to have like next to you when you're like listening to Black Diamond and stuff. <laughs> oh man, yes, well said for sure. Yeah, wow. So very cool, Nate. I love it. That's I think that's a great way to cap off this discussion. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, really enjoyed it. And thanks to everyone for, uh, you know, for hanging out with us tonight and participating in the comments and stuff. And uh, Matthew, I think we'll we'll probably try to do it again in a few weeks. So, you know, we have a great time hanging out and, and talking yeah. to you and uh, really appreciate getting to interact with everybody. And, and hey, it, you know, just like we talk about, it's another great opportunity to find ways to think about and enjoy our cards. So Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, everybody, for comments in the chat i loved our digression onto the raging raging rookie that was that was my favorite part that was awesome yeah cool. for sure thanks guys all right catch you in a few weeks see ya this has been a presentation of rough cuts we'll see you next time